0: The information provided in this podcast episode is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a therapeutic relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Takiya Blackman is a mental health advocate, speaker, and writer who lives by the Tony Payne quote, I'd rather be living my truth happily than living alive miserably. She is the creator and host of the Fireflies Unite podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing light into darkness, just like the Fireflies, by sharing the stories of individuals thriving with mental illness within communities of color, despite the disadvantages and racism that negatively impacts their mental health. Takiya's articles have been published on the Mighty Urban Faith, Blavity, and 2119. Making a digital footprint, her articles have garnered over 45,000 views and have encouraged individuals to seek mental health treatment. Described as an inspiration, her heartfelt and powerful story is a testament that you can thrive despite having a mental illness. Takia was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder and is a suicide survivor. She previously worked in the television industry as a publicist and production talent coordinator. Within her career, she provided support to TV1's own signature award-winning shows, Unsung and Unsung Hollywood, BET's Black Girls Rock, the Soul Train Awards, and the BETX Youth Experience. Her diagnosis led her to use her entertainment background and communication skills to raise awareness for mental illness within communities of color. Takiya has earned her master's degree in public relations and corporate communications from Georgetown University, and a bachelor's degree in radio, television, and film production from Howard University. Family, let's welcome Takiya Blackman to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Welcome to Minding My Black Business. All right, family, welcome to another episode of the Minding My Black Business Podcast. And oh my goodness, today's guest. Um, how do I how do I describe it? First of all, she wears so many hats, but you heard that in the intro. Um, but Takia Blackman um is just such a shining star. And I already know some of these pieces. Um, and so I'm just so anxious for you all, family, to hear about some of the things that she is doing, is currently doing, will be doing. Um, and so I feel like I've already started the interview without her. Let me pause. Uh, takia <laughs> welcome to the Minding My Black Business podcast. Thank you, Dr. Taylor, for having me on the
1: podcast.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so before I get into all my questions, would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to the family and then let them know where they can find you?
1: Sure. So hello, everyone. The family, Mind My Black Business. Um, a little bit about myself. It's a lot. Um, Go for I it. would just start by saying I, I am a mental health advocate an entrepreneur a speaker and a writer and um, a suicide survivor and I really just took my experience in entertainment and communications and started building a brand um, for myself to raise awareness about mental health within communities of color because I saw the need to talk about something because I was tired of hiding I was tired of feeling like it was a character flaw you know dealing with my depression and my anxiety I was just tired of um, feeling like that there was something wrong with me, and so i really just took the opportunity to after going to therapy and group therapy and being in the hospital um and doing a lot of research and working on myself, I made the decision that I would no longer hide anymore, and that I would just speak up and start being a voice to those who who weren't who were living in silence mm.
0: okay, and then you said so much that I'm gonna ask some questions about but where can they where can they find you oh
1: yeah so if they want to learn more about me um oh I forgot to mention about the podcast Mm -hmm. I I I I forgot about the podcast yeah so um I recently started at the top of the year the Fireflies Unite podcast and the mission of the podcast is to bring light into darkness, just like the fireflies by sharing the stories of those thriving with the mental illness within communities of color, because I know that there are so many amazing uh, podcasts out there, but I wanted to give people the opportunity who live with any type of mental illness from bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, or those who are impacted who have a loved one to really share their stories and allow them to live in their truth. And so, yes, yeah, The podcast has been great and it's been open a lot of, a lot of doors. And so if they want to find me, they can go to www.firefliesunite.com or they can add me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Fireflies Pod, and pod is short for podcast. So P-O-D and that's how they can find me.
0: Perfect. And I will definitely make sure I have those links in the show notes so that they can get a chance to um, check out your website and all the pieces that you've written and the places that you've been and listen to the podcast episodes. And so um, I, as um, your podcast is so unique and I so appreciate it. Um, and so I hope that people will definitely check it out um, because you talk about things that you. Um, I don't want to use the word taboo because I think that feels so uh, provocative and I'm not trying to be, but I think you, you have those conversations, uh, recorded that some people, um, have, you know, maybe with one or two folks around what it means to, um, either live with, uh, a mental health concern or maybe a family member. Um, and you, you know, as growing up and trying to understand that the church's take on, um, mental illness, what it means to take medicine. Um, so you have just sort of covered all these topics that I think are brilliant. And um, so definitely I will highlight the podcast and all your other pieces so that people can check that out. So thank you, to Kia for doing that. That's wonderful. Um, Speaking of, this is a nice little segue. I want to issue a congratulations um, on your show, This Is My Brave, in Arlington yesterday. Um, it looks like it went off phenomenally. So congratulations, to Kia um, on your Thank show. You. Yeah. And so for those who are unaware, can you explain to them like the concept of This Is My Brave?
1: Yeah, so This Is My Brave is a, a nonprofit, and it started four years ago. And the founder, uh, Jennifer Marshall, She lives with bipolar disorder, and she had this idea to build a theater, like a live show, Mm -hmm. to give people the opportunity who live with any type of mental illness or those who may have lost someone to suicide, to stand up on the stage, Mm -hmm. uh, 300-plus people to share their story. And it was so liberating because I just feel so free. I feel like I'm not hiding anymore, Mm -hmm. and I really started that process, I think, uh, in the beginning of the year, when I started doing more with the podcast, but this is my brave has really given me an opportunity to meet other people. Mm-hmm. It shows you that mental illness doesn't have one look. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't. It um, it also doesn't define you. It can't be limited to whether you're rich or poor, whether you have a PhD or, or no, uh, just a middle school uh, education. That it comes in a, all forms, and that. We all are affected by it, and if you yourself are not impacted by it, you have a loved one or a friend, and it just um, really brings everyone together and encourages people to get treatment and and encourages those to be brave, and that's what the show was about, and I was really appreciative because I had so many people donate. I raised the most money for the podcast. I had the most people in the audience. Come on, man. I had a whole whole section, so it was really good to just uh, be up there and share my story.
0: That's fantastic. So why was that important for you to join this um, production or this um, nonprofit? Why was that important to be a part of this?
1: It was important because I think for me, I wanted to show people, especially uh, people of color, so black and brown people, Mm -hmm. what mental illness can look like because so many people used to look at me and see that all the things that I was doing. So my background is entertainment, entertainment, so I've worked on shows like Black Girls Rock, uh the NAACP Image Awards, the Soul Train Awards, the BP Awards. I've done a lot of that behind the scenes and I've enjoyed being behind the scenes. Um, but with all of that and having my background and my master's degree and it people would just look at me and think because I was doing all these things or that I had all these accolades that I was okay. And on the, but only what they didn't realize that the reason why I stayed so busy is because it was a very unhealthy coping strategy because the more busy I was, the less that I actually dealt with and I was covering up my pain and it was masking and I was masking it. And so it got to the point where it was very draining and eventually I found myself being forced out of my home and the police
0: broke
1: into the house to force me into the hospital because I had notify a friend about my suicide attempt and so that's essentially why it was important because for me i think it brought me closer to my family because my family has been really supportive and many people have opened up and said like they want to go to therapy and they want to get better so i think i'm just not a light for people who i just may have met on social media but i think more intimately uh, my family just because it's encouraged a lot of people by me being brave and having enough courage to stand up and so that's why it was really important for me to participate in the show mm.
0: yeah okay so I'm gonna I'm pause that because that brought up like three questions but I'm gonna go to because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come back around to it yes so um, so how did you come to entrepreneurship why do this to yourself why <laughs> why be an
1: entrepreneur <laughs> yeah so okay, so I don't remember this, but I remember my grandmother and my uncle telling me that when I was a little girl, I used to always say that I was going to be my own boss. Mm. I don't actually remember saying that, but I do know that I was a natural born leader. Mm -hmm. I'm the oldest of seven, uh, seven children. So I always was like mommy number two. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also I was involved in so much stuff growing up. So I was in pageants. um, And then after I, um, like aged out of the pageants. I will help train girls. People always naturally followed me. And so I think that one also encouraged me to kind of go into entrepreneurship. But I think the defining moment was my time at Howard University. Mm -hmm. I started uh, my ministry on campus and it did so well to the point that the ministry still exists on campus. And I think that was the I think that was the foundation of it because I saw that I could have a vision and then execute it. Cause so many people could say they want to do all these things, but they leave it there or they're afraid of failure or they don't know if people are going to like it. And so that was the part of it. And then after I started my mind ministry on campus, I started a mentoring program called lady me and that program did so well. I started, I got a committee together. I had, over 200 people apply, and I only could accept 50 applications, mm. because that's all, that's all that we uh, fund for, and that was amazing, because it, it showed me that, that the girls, of course, in the D.C. area, they needed somebody who could understand them, and they needed someone who came from similar backgrounds as them, people who may say they grew up in the hood or the ghetto, they needed somebody who could Who could relate to them they needed to show that uh, i wanted to show them that their background or who they are or their circumstances doesn't define who they are and that program did exceptionally well and by the end of the program girls who weren't even considered college applied to college and that felt like a success for me and so those experiences alone um let me know that entrepreneurship was the path for me but while I was working and going through my career, I always felt I always felt that working in a typical nine to five, I always felt unfulfilled. I always felt like there was a cap being placed over me. I always felt like I couldn't fully uh, be creative. I felt like I couldn't fully express myself. I felt, felt like I couldn't fully be myself, and so that also led to entrepreneurship. But then after being diagnosed with a mental illness, uh, it didn't give me the freedom to uh, create a schedule that was flexible for my mental illness. So I go to therapy, individual. I go to group therapy, and my and I have a lot of appointments during the week. And I used to, and I would feel guilty when I would have to leave to go to from work. And entrepreneurship just gives me that freedom to one, be creative, and not be placed inside of a box. Um, it gives me the freedom to actually use my experience in the entertainment industry um, to further push the mental health conversation. And that's, I mean, it's a lot, but that's essentially how I got to entrepreneurship.
0: Right, right. So that, those, it just is sort of like a culmination of all your talents. Like you have been one who has been able to galvanize crowds and um, sort of see where some a service or A platform is missing and to create that for people who need that so that is um, fantastic and here we are now in terms of um what you're doing so that makes uh tons of sense and so you have just mentioned something that sort of leads into my next question and reflects back to something you said earlier um entrepreneurs are busy uh (laughs) they they are quite busy and um some of it is because it's completely necessary in terms of like making sure the engine of the of the business continues to go. Um, whether that's just like very simple things in terms of like responding to well, somewhat simple, responding to emails, responding to correspondence, um, you know, planning ahead for the next uh year, quarter, whatever. Um, but then you have to do like the day to day pieces, whatever your meetings are, or whatever your obligations are. And so, um you have been um, so open about your mental health journey. And one of my concerns, not necessarily about your mental health journey, but for entrepreneurs who are out there and so busy, is that they, um, what's the word? Not necessarily that they don't take seriously, but they sort of misconstrue Um, something that might be going on for them. So say they find themselves not sleeping well at night because they're sort of constantly thinking or thoughts are constantly running. Um, They find themselves um, sort of on social media or connected to their phone in a way that they are missing out uh, from connections with their other family members or uh, find themselves so uh, maybe dealing with some sadness and withdrawing or moods fluctuating. So Sometimes these things can seem like, oh, maybe I am, um, I'm just tired or I'm just not feeling well, when in fact it might actually, um, it might in fact be a a diagnosis, of mental health um, illness. And so for those entrepreneurs who are sort of in that space that are just um, either really busy or have found themselves sort of maybe, because sometimes that can happen where the the, um, the diagnosis can manifest itself into physical symptoms and then you can easily sort of say, oh, well, I'll just you know, rest a little bit, whatever. What words would you give to those black entrepreneurs who are sort of really kind of struggling silently is, is really the point that I'm getting at. Um, what sorts of things do you think that they need to hear um, given your, your path and your journey and your knowledge?
1: Yeah, thank you for that question. I that was—I'm uh, trying to figure out the right things to say, but I think when it comes to entrepreneurship, you do have a lot that you that you're working on. Especially me, because I just launched—you mm-hmm. know—my brand. But before that, I had a, a small PR agency, but I decided to no longer do that. But I think the biggest thing for anyone who's an entrepreneur is to. to my first suggestion would be to make sure that you're seeing the therapist because going to therapy gives you an opportunity to, one, if something is wrong, to actually work through it. And if it's something that requires medication, then your therapist can refer you to a psychiatrist because that medication may be needed to help you actually be receptive to what you're receiving in therapy. So like when I first started going to therapy, my therapist said that she couldn't, um, how can I say that There was only but so much work that she could do because I was such in a depressive state that therapy could not have worked if I was not balanced. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage people to simply start with a therapist and also don't think that just by going to one session that you're going to be fixed or think like, oh, so is this is going to take me six months no, it takes time. Like, I've been in therapy for two and a half years, and the light bulb literally just started going off a couple months ago, and I'm, you know, more self-aware. I have the right coping strategies in place. I can identify what my triggers are. I understand the importance of self-care, and for me, self-care is just not about manicures, pedicures, and bath bombs. It's about what's going to make keep me balanced, what's going to make me make sure that I'm emotionally, spiritually, and mentally fed, so You know, having a well-balanced diet, making sure that I'm getting enough sleep, uh, setting boundaries, removing people from my life who are toxic and that are draining. Um, Those are the things that are extremely important to me and my overall health, but then also just as entrepreneurship because it can become really hard and really trying to navigate not just the business but then also relationships because my schedule has really ramped up and it's only March. And I just launched in January right. and it's been h- hard for me to like manage relationships and family members. You know, I was like, I don't want anyone to think that I've forgotten about them, but it's just that I'm in that, um, there, I guess as someone says, she uh, calls it the trenches state mm-hmm. when you're like really, really, um, getting things, uh, kind of pushing things out and trying to figure out a flow. And so I would just Encourage people to start there by going to therapy so that, that they can focus on their mental health and that there's no shame in going to get treatment because some people have unresolved childhood traumas. Some people never fully healed from grief. Some people never fully healed from a divorce or a terrible breakup. Um, it's just so much that goes into our mental health that we don't realize that everything impacts our mental health. So that's why I'm really, really careful about who I allow in my space like I work so hard to get to a place of peace and my space is very sacred for me so, so if there's someone that shouldn't be in my space um I'm really good with like discerning uh, energy and so if there's someone that doesn't sit sit well within my spirit I'll you know I can love them from a the distance I'll still be very cordial but it's only but so much I'm going to allow them into that space because um having a peace of mind is something that we take for granted Mm -hmm. and we don't realize um, how, how valuable it is. And so I would start there and just really tell entrepreneurs to make their mental health, uh, the priority of, you know, of their health and as well as their business, because if your mental health is in check, then your business will thrive. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's a commercial. Okay. That's that's it. That's it. I, I couldn't agree more. So in 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 doing those things in terms of like establishing your self care regimen, um, creating those boundaries, sort of like supporting people from afar. Um, did you? Were there moments that that part was like difficult for you? Um, in terms of like someone who is so giving of your time and gifts, and to sort of. Do those things? Was that was that a difficult transition to to start to think of things in that way?
1: Yeah, um it was, and where I think that was the most difficult was I'm pretty open about, and my mom knows too My mom is actually here um while I'm doing the interview. Okay. But I think one of the the hard things for me was like I'm from New Jersey. I'm the oldest of seven children. My brother and I we share the same dad. And then there are my five youngest siblings share the same dad, and I have, you know, don't have the best relationship with him. And so I, it was hard for me because like, once I got out of the hospital, I didn't, I could go to New Jersey, but I didn't like want to stay, I couldn't stay in my mom's house anymore Mm -hmm. because, you know, of my siblings dad, and I think that was like one of the hardest things for me because like, I love my mom and I love my siblings, but, um, he, you know, he never treated my mom right. And so watching my mom experience that abuse physically and emotionally took a toll on me. And so I think that was like one of the hardest things because anybody when they go away to college or when they leave from their home state, they want to go back and they want to spend time with their family. So it definitely like wasn't easy. I never want people to think that like, oh, it was just, I just woke up one morning and I'm sitting here talking about it because I was very private about it before. I really didn't talk about it before because I was embarrassed and then I never went my mom was feel any type of way, but what I had to tell her was that, like, you're a part of my story but, like, it's not about you. It's about me telling my truth and uh-huh. being open about my story so I can encourage somebody else. Uh-huh. And so, so, that, I would say, probably was the hardest part. And then the hardest thing was, like, I would add to that like changing your way of thinking. so a lot of people who are in therapy and I know Dr. Tucker, you know this because you're a therapist, but mm-hmm. is changing your your thinking patterns and changing and then changing your thinking patterns will help change your behaviors mm-hmm. and so for me, since I struggle with generalized anxiety disorder, my mind is always going like fifty thousand miles per minute and so I it's really hard to like make my mind go blank or shut down wow. and so with therapy i was able to learn techniques such as deep breathing and meditation uh helped me um i also i've been you know getting to a place of living more holistic so essential oils have become a part of my daily life wow. i have a diffuser in my bedroom and oils such as you know lavender or bergamot or cedarwood those oils or eucalyptus, they really help me um, relax, and they're also great natural uh, antidepressants. Um, I will not say or tell anyone to substitute that to treat your um, your mental diagnosis, but I will say that they certainly have helped me and been a part of my recovery. I take bath with essential oils and Himalayan salt and manuka honey and oatmeal, and those have been really vital to helping just release uh, stress when I've had a very long day. Mm-hmm. I'm a person who loves baths, and I take baths almost every night, awesome. and that has really been able to help me to relax. And so I would definitely tell, encourage people to be patient with the process. Mm-hmm. Don't think that it's gonna happen overnight, especially if you have things that you've suppressed mm-hmm. and you felt embarrassed or ashamed about. That that process takes time, and that you should be Again, be patient with yourself and uh, working toward your healing. And when you get to that place, it's very liberating. It's very freeing because now I no longer feel like I'm hiding. I no longer feel like I'm ashamed or I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's a part of my journey. And now I'm a stronger person and I'm being a light to people uh, in the world as well as my family.
0: That's awesome. That's it. Um. Sakia, so I just feel like your uh, future is so bright and I'm so excited to see um, what's about to happen uh, given what uh, I've witnessed in terms of what is happening for you right now. So, in terms of your plans for you, for Fireflies Unite, what is on deck? What's happening? What are some of the things that we have look forward to look forward to um, in terms of the podcast and the business?
1: Yes, 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 yes. So, there's so many great things happening. The podcast is just continuing to grow. I didn't expect it to take off the way that it did, but um, the brand within itself. So I'm in the process I've been going through. I just finished one certification through the National, National Alliance on Mental Illness. So I've been I'm also a speaker for the National Alliance on Mental Illness, Prince George's County in Maryland. Um, I've also had some programs that are in the works and I'll be sure that once the program's launch, that I will, um, that I'll be sure to share the information with you, so you can share it with the Mind of My Black Business family. Absolutely. I have, I have an event. I have another event coming up, so I'll be speaking in Delaware um, this actually this Friday at the Men and Women's Conference. Mm-hmm. I'll also be speaking this Saturday. Um, I'll be a panelist for the Still I Rise one-year anniversary and I also have been it's been great with having my entertainment background because the connections that I have there are very supportive so I have some really juicy stuff in the works but I'm going to share that when things are solidified <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, one of the things too I'll, I'll be having my very first event in July it'll be in the DC Maryland Virginia Virginia area and it will be for uh, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month because a lot of times we, we do talk about Mental Health Awareness Month, which is in May. But since my focus is on communities of color and Mental Minority Mental Health Awareness Month does not get nearly as much attention, mm-hmm. I've taken the initiative to really help uh, drive that conversation and to be a part of that conversation. So I have my very first event that'll be happening in July. And once the date is solidified, I will definitely, definitely share it with you. So if there's anyone who listened to your podcast who's in the area or like to attend the event, that they can do so.
0: That's perfect. And I'll do exactly that. I will share far and wide. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, okay. I'm excited. Yeah. So, uh, please, please, please keep me posted. Um so takia i feel like i could talk to you all day um but i know i mean you've already said family is there visiting and you have so many things you are doing so i'm gonna gonna wrap this up uh (laughs) but before we go could you please share with me what does minding my black business mean to you
1: what does minding my black business mean to me Mm -hmm. so minding my black business means to me living in my truth unapologetically and encouraging others to do the same
0: Mm. i like that oh my goodness okay okay y'all heard takia uh so (laughs) (laughs) that needs to be said thank you takia so very much i appreciate your time um and your wisdom um and thank you for sharing thank you for
1: having me dr dr taylor
0: So if you want to know more and you like what you heard, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. Also, follow the movement on our website, MindingMyBlackBusiness.com, and on our Facebook and Instagram pages, under Minding My Black Business, and on Twitter, under Minding My Black Biz. So peace and blessings to us all, family. And when you're out there and they ask you what you're doing, let them know my black business.